Hey girls! What's up? Welcome. Sit back. Relax. Let's get right in to episode 9. And you're listening to Don't Quit, Do It by Today's Her Story. Hey everyone, welcome back to our ninth podcast with Katie Stagliano. Katie is 21 from Somerville, South Carolina, and she's a founder of Katie's Crops, a nonprofit with the mission to empower youth to start and maintain vegetable gardens of all sizes and donate the harvest to help feed people in need, as well as assist and inspire others to do the same. She has done so much incredible work at such a young age. Katie, welcome to our podcast, Don't Quit, Do It. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. I think that especially now it's so important to find hobbies and I think that gardening has become a hobby of some people but for you it's been something that you've been doing for a very long time. So just tell us about how you started Katie's Crops and what the whole idea behind this organization was. So I started Katie's Crops when I was in the third grade. My school did something called the Bonnie Plants third grade cabbage program and my third grade teacher gave me a tiny cabbage seedling. I took it, planted it in my backyard, and every day after school, I would go out, I would water it, I would weed around it, and just try and see what I could get to grow, and I got a 40-pound cabbage from it. It was about the size of my four-year-old brother at the time, which was insane, and I would look at it, and I thought, what am I going to do with this cabbage? But every night before I sat down to dinner, my dad would always tell us just how lucky we were and how there are some families who aren't as fortunate as us who relied on soup kitchens or homeless shelters for what might be their only meal of the day. And that's when I got the idea that would quite literally change my life forever. I decided that I wanted to donate my cabbage to a soup kitchen to feed families who weren't as fortunate as us. And I asked my mom if she could help me find the perfect home for my cabbage. And we found a soup kitchen about 45 minutes from our house in North Charleston, South Carolina, called Tri-County Family Ministries. I brought my cabbage there. Everyone there was amazing. They gave me a tour of the soup kitchen. I got to meet all of the volunteers. And when I brought my cabbage, all of the guests in line were so sweet. They gave me hugs. They said, thank you. They were so appreciative. And on that day, I got to serve my cabbage to 275 guests in the soup kitchen. And I thought, if one cabbage can help to feed that many people, then just imagine how many people a garden could feed. And that was essentially how Katie's Crops began. That's a huge cabbage. How big is a typical cabbage? So usually at the grocery store, the cabbages are kind of like oh, I want to find a comparison, like like half the size of a soccer ball maybe, or just very small, not 40 pounds. I was utterly shocked because I did not know vegetables could grow to be that size, but definitely have not grown a cabbage anywhere close to that size since then. I really, really love what you're doing. Um, I was actually, before COVID started, I was trying to start a garden at my school for the students who have special needs. And so we were going to, it was kind of there for like an educational aspect also. And then the food, um, half of it would be used for them to use in classes with their cooking skills. And then the other half of the produce we were going to grow would go to a local food bank. So um, it's really cool how you've turned this into an organization. So what was your inspiration and like motive to start an organization on this? I think just, first of all, what you 
we're doing at your school is amazing. There's so many cool ways that a garden can really be utilized into more than just growing food and so many lessons that can be learned. But for me, the reason why I decided I wanted to turn Katie's Crops into an organization was really just the day that I brought my cabbage to the soup kitchen and just seeing how many families were there and how there were families just like mine who had fallen down on hard times. There were kids my brother and I's age there and just realizing that I had so much fun growing my cabbage and it helped to feed all of these people. And I thought, what a fun thing to do to garden and then donate the produce. And I really received so much support from kids across the country after they heard about what I did with my cabbage. And they said, we're also very passionate about kind of ending hunger and helping our communities. And so once I realized how many other kids there were out there like me, I thought, well, what better thing to do than really to have this organization and have these kids join together and we can start gardens all across the country in our backyards and end up making a huge difference in the fight against hunger. I think something that's really inspiring about your story and who you are as a person, but not only as a person, but throughout your community is just a sense of community that you've brought um, to your organization. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and how your community has gotten involved? My community has been absolutely amazing. They really embraced what I was doing. I was only nine when all of this began and they wholeheartedly embraced me, embraced my dream to fight hunger and were like, what can we do to help? How can we support you? People would come up and help work in the garden once I started my very first garden. And in fact, when I was in the fourth grade, I went to my school and I asked them if I could start a garden there and kind of explained that I wanted all the produce to go to feed those in need. And they gave me a plot of land the size of a football field. So that was just insane to have that much support for my school when I was in the fourth grade. And when my community heard about what I was doing, they really just reached out and wanted to know what they could do to help and have continually been so supportive over the past over 10 years now, which has been amazing just to continually have that level of support and have even people who are receiving the vegetables want to come out and help in the garden and ask what they can do to support us, which is something that's so amazing. It's like one giant family and I love that. I'm so lucky to live in the community that I do. So that's super cool. I'm actually on your website right now looking at some fun stuff. So not only have you started this organization, but you have an app, a book, you were featured on Disney. Talk about some of the exciting things you've done. I would love to hear. So it's definitely been a crazy journey. I have gotten to travel to a lot of amazing places and speak. I have been able to write a book called Katie's Cabbage, and it kind of just talks about my journey with my cabbage and how it changed my life. And the goal for the book for me was really to inspire other kids and show them that they can follow their dreams and that they can make a difference in the world. And it really doesn't matter how young or how old you are or how large or how small your efforts are, you can really change the world. And so that was kind of the inspiration behind Katie's Cabbage. And that was a fun thing that I got to do. It was really exciting to see my story really be out there for other people to see and hopefully be inspired by. And the app was just a little fun thing that 
we did to hopefully spread the word about Katie's crops and also to teach kids about gardening, which I think is something that's so important that they learn about, especially from a young age. We found a lot of kids are so excited about eating produce when they grow it, something that normally you might put on the table and they'd be like, ew, I don't want to touch that. But when they're actually the ones planting it and harvesting it, they're willing to try anything. So those were two very exciting things for me. I mean, all the media and everything has been really overwhelming, but amazing. And it's done a great job in kind of getting the word out and helping us to spread to be in over 30 states now across the United States, which is amazing. I just want to say I'm amazed by what you've accomplished in, I guess, this time. Um, You started from a young age and you had such a good passion. And so that's not something that many people have. So that's really, really cool. So I know you talked a bit about your app. Could you tell us more about that? So the app is, I think it's available on the App Store and I'm not sure about Android. But it's kind of just a cool game to teach kids about gardening, about what's important for plants and things that can be harmful to plants like pests and other things. And then at the end, so it's a bunch of different rounds and you get to grow these vegetables and you want to give them the good things like sunlight and water and keep the bugs away and other things like that. And at the end of each round, you're harvesting and then you're able to take your harvest over to the food bank to help feed people. So it's kind of cool to essentially have your own little mini garden in the game and then get to see all the people that it's helping and kind of just get to learn in a fun way the important things about gardening, the important things that plants need to really grow and thrive. That's so important because not only is just educating kids about the importance of healthy living, but also giving back and tying in those two components. And so with that, what positive changes have you seen throughout your organization and your community because of COVID-19? So I know COVID has been a very tough time for so many people, and it's been very tough for us in South Carolina as well. But what I've really seen is that it's brought people together and really created a strong sense of community and people wanting to help their neighbors and help one another there's definitely been an increased need in those who now are relying on soup kitchens, food banks, food pantries for their food because they've lost their jobs or they're caring for sick loved ones and things like that. But we have actually had to ramp up our efforts quite a bit to meet this need. So we usually do monthly garden to table dinners where we take the produce from our gardens and then we whatever we can't grow, we purchase and we would serve it and we'd have a big dining room and we'd have everyone come and sit down. It was like an awesome social event for people. And we'd usually do anywhere from 150 to 250 meals a month. But because of COVID, we obviously couldn't have that many people gathering together in one room. So we decided to switch our meals to meal distributions and we do weekly meal distributions now. We started out by doing around 250 meals a week and now we're up to between 400 and 500 a week just because we've seen the need grown tremendously. But my community has really stepped up to support me and help me during this time. We have people that will bake desserts and bring the desserts to us every week for the dinner. We have people who will go out and go look for sales on 
meats and other items that we need for the dinner and go purchase things for us and bring them over. People have been amazing about donating and coming up to the garden and really helping us grow the produce and harvest it and just really saying, what can we do to help? What can we do to support you during this time? So I think that is really the silver lining of all of this is how people have truly come together and they said we want to be there for our neighbors in need during this time. So it's been very busy for us, but it's just been amazing to see how supportive everybody has been. That's really important. And I think especially during this time, like you said, it's really hard for many families who are going through some challenging things. And I think that food is something that a lot of people don't really consider, especially people who are fortunate like we are. And we have to be appreciative for that. And your organization is doing a great job with identifying those issues that many people in the community are having and really helping out people. But I was wondering, how was college like during all of this, doing all of this work? So college, I was lucky enough to go to the College of Charleston and be about 30 minutes away from Somerville, which is where Katie's Crops is based. And so I was able to come back for Katie's Crops dinners, garden work days, and kind of events like that which was very helpful. And also the College of Charleston was amazing. They were really supportive of what I was doing. And that in itself was incredible. When the pandemic began, I actually had a professor who organized and was able to get me 300 baked goods for one of the dinners. She said, me and my kids are home. We have friends and neighbors that are home. I think what you're doing is amazing. I know that we're not meeting in person anymore for class, but I really wanted to do this and drove and brought us all these cookies and baked goods. So that was awesome. And they've all been really supportive of me and what I've been doing. But I think it definitely was a balancing act and a challenge just because I was trying to manage my studies, Katie's crops being as involved as I possibly can, and also kind of trying to maintain a social life as well. I actually graduated from college in May. I didn't get to walk or anything like that, but I officially finished. So that was exciting. And now I'm coming back to work for Katie's crops full time. So I'm excited to see what this chapter brings. So is this what you want to do for your career or is there something else you want? want to do in addition to Katie's crops? I want to make this my career and really take what I learned from college and kind of bring it back and hopefully expand Katie's crops and really just expand the difference that we're able to make. The pandemic has kind of made that a little bit difficult considering we can't get large groups of people together and things like that, but it's definitely given me time to get adjusted and get set into this role and just make it my full-time job. You've done so much. Um, And I know a lot of this, it it does take time and it does take patience. Was there ever a time where you kind of felt unmotivated or had a couple challenges? How did you go about keeping on going? And I guess, how was your mindset through all of this? So there definitely have been obstacles and things that have been challenging. But I think for me and something that I've learned along the way is just to always look out for the positives in a situation and kind of the silver lining. Because even when something bad happens or something doesn't go your way, there's usually, as my mom says, when one door closes, another door opens. So there's always something else that was meant to happen instead. One of our biggest challenges actually became the Katie's Crops dinners because these dinners began because a local soup kitchen and homeless shelter that people in the Somerville area had been relying on 
shut their doors. And I was very concerned because I didn't know where these people were going to eat and what they were going to do. And it was something that was weighing on me heavily. And that's actually how the Katie's Crops Dinners came to be, is we kind of took that challenge and something that was hurting our community and turned it around and created these dinners. And 10 years later, I can say they are definitely my favorite part of Katie's Crops. It's just amazing to get to see all these people every month, to get so close with them and just to be able to help them in their time of need. So definitely kind of looking on the brighter side of things and trying not to focus too much on the obstacles, but instead the opportunities that come from them. And so with that, um, you've talked a lot about like what obstacles you've faced in the past, but where you see yourself in like a couple of years, not only with Katie's crops, but maybe with a job and what does your future hold? So that's something that I've kind of always just gone along with and see where the future takes me. I think nothing in my life so far has really been planned. I had no idea that when I planted my cabbage seedling that it would completely change my life like this. So I'm kind of just seeing where life takes me. I know I definitely want Katie's Crops to be a huge part of my life for as long as possible. And hopefully my career and where I will stay working and expanding Katie's Crops and things like that for the near future. I don't really know much else other than that. I did study communications in college, so I'm excited to bring everything that I learned from my communications degree and my business minor back to Katie's Crops and hopefully help us to make an even bigger impact go internationally. But other than that, COVID's definitely thrown a wrench in my plans. And so I think just seeing what the world is like after we pull through all of this and see where the future takes me, I'm I'm ready for whatever adventure is thrown my way. I think that COVID has really changed a lot of things. And for us, we actually started this podcast because of the pandemic. All of us are from all around the world. So it was a great way to bring people together. And I hope that for you, something similar happens with growing your organization internationally. So I think it's so cool how it's in over 30 states, you said. Is it in Florida? I really want to grow a garden right now. Yes, we do have a garden in Florida. Actually, one of our biggest growers, Dexter's in Florida. I can't remember exactly what part of Florida he's in, but he does an amazing job. He's grown thousands of pounds in his backyard, which is incredible. That's awesome. So you have growers that are in each state and you sort of manage the whole thing? Yes. So we have Katie's Crops growers. We have a giant Katie's Crops growing family and kids will apply to become growers. They'll kind of tell us where they're going to grow, where they're going to donate their produce, just kind of give us a visual of their garden and things like that. We provide them with the funding and then they go ahead and start their garden, donate their produce to those in need in their community and just kind of keep us updated with everything and how it's going. And the rest is up to them. It's really amazing what some of our growers have done for their gardens. We have one third grade class and each year the teacher's third grade class that year is the one who plants the garden and they add something new every year. So they have an incredibly huge garden. They have made a greenhouse out of recycled windows and glass doors. They have these beautiful tire planters. They have a native garden. They have a chicken coop. I mean, what they have there is amazing. So each of the growers has their own 
kind of touch on what they do, but essentially all of their produce gets donated to those in need and we fund their projects, but the rest is up to them. So for a kind of fun question, what have you been up to during quarantine? Have you, I guess, gotten on the TikTok craze? I know I have. I All my time spent on TikTok, which is really, really bad, but I mean, that's okay. I do honestly spend an embarrassingly lot amount of time on TikTok. I get sucked into like a TikTok hole where I'll just like go on and the next thing I know it's been like two and a half hours and I'm like where did my time go but along with that I actually got a puppy he was my graduation present so I've been very busy with him he's a lot but he's very cute and he loves loves vegetables which I think is crazy like he his favorite treat is spinach And he'll go out and eat basil, like, straight off the plant. And he loves beans and all this stuff. So he's a cutie. There you go. That dog was meant to be in Katie's crops, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so wrapping up, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how they can get involved in their community and further spread your mission? So to get involved, all of our information is on our website, which is katiescrops.com. Katie with a K and crops with a K. And then Katie's Crops is the name of basically all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And so we post all of our information on there. And then also if you ever want to reach out about anything or starting something in your community, then you can definitely get in touch with me through my website or through social media. And we usually do our grants in the fall. This year, we're kind of reevaluating everything because a lot of our grants are at schools and places like that. And with everything so uncertain in the world right now, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to do that, but definitely reach out if you're interested in starting something in your community. Yeah, I think everyone's going to want to get involved with this because it is such a great organization and something really great to help people in need. So be sure to learn more about Katie and her amazing organization by heading over to our Instagram at Today is Her Story and at Don't Quit Do It Podcast. And follow all of Katie's social media at Katie's Crops, Katie and Crops with a K. And check out her website as well, katiescrops.com. We release podcasts every Wednesday on every podcast platform ever on the internet. So be sure to tune in. And next week is our last podcast episode for season one. So make sure to tune in. It's a really special episode. So we're super excited and hope you love it. And you're listening to Don't Quit. Do it. By today is her story.